0: hello hello let's uh check check see if i remember how all this stuff works what's up people we are back the podcast is back and uh i'm excited i know that this has been a inconsistent project on my part but um yeah, I think, uh, let me just explain first, the podcast is back and I'm excited to be back. I definitely took a huge time off from it, like I wanna say maybe like six months minimum since the last episode. Since I moved out west, uh, my major focus was building an in-person client base and that just consumes a lot of a lot of my time, um, which is a bit of an excuse, I won't lie, but I definitely stepped back from a lot of the online world and just posting content. But if you follow me on Instagram or TikTok or anything like that, you've probably seen that I'm really leaning into content again, and I'm setting aside a time to do the podcast again. I want to have more guests on. I want to be more consistent. Um, I'm aiming for minimum an episode every two weeks, so two a month. That's a small, achievable, realistic goal for me, and uh, you can take that goal setting uh, Template and apply that to fitness as well. Like start with something that is very bite-sized and small It's like I know that I can put out two episodes a month. That isn't very challenging Everything past that is gravy. So if your goal is to lose 10 pounds, I want you just to say you know what I'm going to this month I'm gonna make sure I lose two pounds Everything past that it's all profit. It's all gravy. It's all good, right? So just set a small bite-sized chunk um, and make that your first goal because then that starts the ball rolling and it tends to be like a snowball effect Um, But yeah, I don't even know where to start like so much has happened since I was last on the podcast Um, Yeah, I've really just been enjoying um, beautiful BC. I've been hiking. I've been mountain biking. I've honestly been living my best life out here. It's, uh, I honestly, it's, I also just got back from Europe, which I'm going to talk about. So let me lay out kind of the schedule of today's podcast. I'm going to try to keep it within an hour. I don't want to ramble too long. Um, but there, I basically asked on Instagram for a bunch of questions. So I have a few here, but I also have a f- I also have a feeling that these uh, questions are going to lead me down some rabbit holes are on tangents so i want to um i want to start with questions and then just see where it goes so i don't have a ton of questions because i know i'm going to end up rambling about different topics but um where was i going with that see i already i'm already off track um but yeah so so when i was uh i was recently in europe and i was there for the international fitness summit which i'll talk about but I was there and I I literally had a feeling of guilt for how good my life was in that moment. Like, even just saying how good my life is makes me feel uncomfortable. I don't know, but I, I was just, it was good in the sense that I was so appreciative. I was like, oh my God, like I'm in Portugal, I'm in Spain, I'm in Italy. I also live in beautiful British Columbia. Like, even my home is absolutely incredible. I was like, I am so, so lucky to be, in this situation and have these opportunities. Um, and I was just grateful for even valuing travel and like putting myself in those situations. And, um, yeah, like I I was, I was just, there's so many times throughout that trip where I was just like, life is a dream. I say that a lot. Life's a dream because it re my life over the last year has really felt like a dream. Like, it's just like, if I were to imagine my ideal life, that would probably be it. I'm, I'm living it. And that's like, People always say like living your best life. It's like I'm really living my best life I and uh, I had this like feeling of guilt where I was like, I almost felt bad I was like I want everybody to have to experience this and like I wish everybody had this feeling but I guess that guilt was It was appropriate in some ways where I was like it just made me really grateful and appreciative Um that brings me to the first question. We'll just jump right into it. What was your favorite part about Europe? So when I so I went to Europe to attend the International Fitness Summit with my buddy Nate. Follow him on Instagram, NateWittPT. He's pumping out content. Um, I went there. We went there for... So it's a three-day fitness summit, so, and it's in Portugal. And uh, we wanted to go to that, and then we're like, well, if we're flying all that way, let's make a Europe trip out of it. So we decided to do that, and we went from portugal to barcelona to ibiza and then to rome um so each section was really really valuable for its own reason i guess Uh, when we were in portugal i got so much out of the international fitness summit like that was very very valuable for me um there's just incredible speakers but further than that i made a video about this on instagram like the community aspect of it and the networking aspect of it, meeting these coaches from the UK and from Europe that are all on the same journey as you and like have the same struggles and have similar value systems and principles and things like that. It's just very like-minded individuals. That was so, so valuable meeting those people, just being in that environment and being like, yeah, these are my people. Like they like to travel, they like to party at night, but they're also fitness professionals and they just, uh, and they're pursuing, starting their own business or starting their own coaching company whatever and i was like wow these these uh these people are awesome really that was that was the takeaway um and i also had the opportunity to talk one-on-one with people that i've looked up to in the industry for a long time which actually i'm going to jump questions here for a second this is another one of the questions who is my favorite speaker at the international fitness summit i would say my favorite Speaker was probably Jay Alderton. I, I really really loved his presentation. It was about social media mastery But furthering that um, it was actually the conversations that I had with him outside of his official talk Um Be it in the resort or the hotel that we were at and then on the last night We ended up just like walking around at like two in the morning with him for a couple hours just chatting and I just got tons And tons of value. It was it was an incredible conversation He's just a sick guy who's achieved a lot of things I want to achieve Um, But the persona you see online is him And that was the biggest takeaway for me meeting the speakers and being around the speakers was like You look up to them for you look up to them on social media or for what they've accomplished and you put them on this pedestal, but then you realize why they're successful when you meet them because they're actually just themselves. And that persona online is them truly. And that's why they're successful because I like humans can 100% um, feel um, authenticity. Like humans 100% have a radar for when somebody is not being genuine. And you feel it with anything, whether it's somebody that you look up to or somebody on social media or somebody that you're dating or one of your friends, partners or whatever. You just like I feel like humans have a radar for disingen. Wow. Is that a word? I almost tried to say dis. And what was I disingenuity? That can't. That's not a word. What am I trying to say? There's a word there, right? Disingenuine. That's a word right? (laughs) I think disingenuine is a word. If some (laughs) humans have a radar for when somebody is being disingenuine. Um, And I think that's a survival thing. I think it's because like you, I think we have, I think we have a biological need in us to like be Concerned about the people around us and what their intentions are and things like that, and when someone's being disingenuous and it's hard to trust them. Long story short, um, the these people were they were genuinely themselves, and it was I was talking to them, and they were like they were just people that have uh, figured out the social media game or figured out the coaching game or figured out the money game, and now they're in a position where I look up to them. But meeting them I was like, oh, you're just a guy, like you're you're an awesome person, and you've achieved the things that I want to achieve, and that made it. All the more meaningful so side note Ben Carpenter if anybody knows who Ben Carpenter is or his um, his wife Sohi, um they especially Ben like I had one I didn't talk to Sophie much really one-on-one but uh, Ben he was very very personable like and he was he was probably one of my favorite people that I met I followed him for a really long time and meeting him I was like this guy is awesome like just a very genuine dude who's just here to help people and just a just a kind soul, just a very kind soul. And uh, yeah, yeah, really, really enjoyed it. So lots of amazing speakers, got so much out of that. If you're looking to be a personal trainer or you're already a personal trainer and you're looking to scale business and things like that, and you just wanna have an opportunity to travel to Europe and be in a sweet place with a bunch of cool people, I highly recommend attending it. Um, furthering the Europe trip. So. Portugal was really special, it was my favorite. It, each section was its a favorite part for its own reason, and Portugal was really special because I got a lot out of it like business-wise, but also, at night, it was like a big party. So, I literally spent three days straight partying with 200 personal trainers and fitness professionals, and everybody's idea of fitness professionals is that they eat salads and go for runs, and they're super strict, and they don't drink, and all of this. That's not the case at all. Like some of the craziest parties I've ever attended have been with personal trainers. And 200 personal trainers attended a weekend in Portugal and got a bunch of value out of it, but then they went and partied their asses off at night and stayed up till four in the morning and ate like shit and didn't sleep well. But the next week they were still just as fit and healthy as they were the previous week. And that is because they have figured out their relationship with alcohol and what that means. They also understand the role that alcohol plays within their goals and within their productivity. And they figured out, okay, I want to drink in this manner. And sometimes it's okay, they like they they have a balance of casual drinking and they know the limit at what point it affects their goals, fitness or business wise. Um, or if you're somebody like me, who's more of like a zero to 100 person, I tend to not drink for like four or five months and then get really fucked up for like a weekend or for like a celebration. That tends to be what I enjoy. Um, that being said, a lot of people would not expect fitness professionals to be partying like they were for those three days. But in reality, they're actually going to be able to sustain their training and nutrition habits longer because they don't feel bound and restricted to a rule system like I can't drink or like you set, you have a set of rules where it's like, I'm not allowed to drink alcohol. I can only do this. I can only do that. That's very restrictive. And then they're probably going to want to binge and fall off. That's why personal trainers or people that are really fit have a more flexible approach where they can include alcohol within their life, but it's not so much so that it's hindering their progress or hindering their goals. So I hope that made sense. That was a bit of like a, a tangent, but yeah. So partying with personal trainers—it's uh, it was fun. And then uh, after that. We slept on the last night. We slept for like three hours and then we went to Barcelona. Barcelona is absolutely incredible. I'll try to make this quick. I don't want to make it like just a travel podcast, Um, but I'm sure people are interested. If you haven't been to Europe, this was my first time in Europe. So I wanted to share some of the things I really enjoyed. Um, Barcelona was absolutely beautiful. One of the most beautiful cities I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, We went to the La Sagrada Familia Basilica and that was awe-inspiring. I was there and I was like, no wonder people are religious. Like th- all of a sudden it made perfect sense because I was like, you can only make something like that basilica if it's for a higher power. Does that make sense? Like you, if, if somebody just gave you money and were like build something incredible, you wouldn't build that basilica. Like it, the only, you have to have a higher purpose to build something that is that incredibly beautiful. Like I, I, I realized that when I was there, I was like, oh, this isn't money. This is, this is belief. This is faith. This is religion. This is like thousands of years of, of living your life according to this higher power towards these value systems. Like this is how you create something this beautiful. Um, just absolutely incredible. I I was, I was obsessed with, I I, I couldn't believe, I was just like, it was bad. I was in this church and the whole time I was like, oh my God, Oh my god this is beautiful and i was like this is the place that you shouldn't be saying oh my god like i'm not really religious but like i don't think you're supposed to say the lord's name in vain and that was all i was saying in there and then i kept catching myself Um, But yeah, absolutely incredible highly recommend it The beaches were incredible nightlife was good Like just every little detail of the whole city Like we just did a bunch of touristy stuff and we went around to all the churches and monuments and things like that and just the attention to detail in Architecture and in buildings and in monuments is something you will never see in Western culture like that was the biggest thing like the architecture that you see in Europe compared to in the West is So much better. Like it's just so much more beautiful. It's awe inspiring. It's colorful. It's artistic. It makes you want to go and like, I don't know. Just I don't know. It's just it's just a happy. It's a happy environment when you're around these beautiful buildings that have really incredible details in them, and you know somebody labored over that with the purpose of making it beautiful. Whereas like you go into like a Western city and it's just these giant glass and concrete skyscrapers. And there's something to be said about uh, the sky, like Toronto skyline or Vancouver skyline or something like that in New York. It's beautiful, but it's, it's limited. Like once you see some of the stuff in Europe, you're like, oh, this is architecture. This is a beautiful city. I don't know. It just really changed my perspective on that. After Barcelona, we went to Ibiza. And that place is another planet. Like, I've seen videos of Ibiza. I've heard people talk about it. It's kind of like Europe's Vegas. Everybody goes there. It's crazy. It it is so crazy. I I couldn't get over it. And, like, yeah, I don't know. If you want a good time, I highly recommend it. Um, Just bring a fat wallet and... A lot of caffeine because you're not sleeping like it's i don't know it's just crazy like crazy crazy place so this entire island is centered around partying like that is the whole purpose of being there and going there and it is well equipped to do that and uh, yeah we saw some awesome djs went to some of the best clubs there it was super super cool. I was uh, I definitely enjoyed it, but I was like, if I spent any more than three days here, I would be unalived. Like this is not this is not sustainable lifestyle. It's also a beautiful island too. Like we walked around the actual town, and it was super super cool. So highly recommend Ibiza. It was awesome. Then we uh, again two three hours of sleep. I don't know who planned the flights. I think it was me. And uh, yeah, we ended up in Rome. And again, I'll try to make this fast. I know I've been rambling. I hope hopefully you're enjoying the, the Europe recap. But yeah, went to Rome and it was absolutely incredible. This took the cake for me in terms of the most beautiful city. I was obsessed with Rome. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. You're scootering around the city, and every time you turn a corner, it's something incredible—the Colosseum, the Pantheon. You show up to Vatican City, like just stunning. And the whole time there, we didn't drink; we literally just ate pizza and pasta and went to all the tourist sites. And I, I'm a huge Roman history fan. I love Roman history. Um, I, I've watched so much stuff on the Roman Empire, read books, and I just I really really enjoy it. And while I was there, I just couldn't get over. I was like, I am standing where like, millions and millions and millions of people that were a part of the Roman Empire stood before, like, you're outside the Colosseum, and it's just crazy, like, it's just, it's just so crazy, like, it was just, I've never felt that, like, I don't know, just, like, aware of history, and aware of, like, the legacy that a city like Rome has so it was absolutely incredible so so beautiful I fell in love with Italy it was I can't wait to go back I wish we had more time there but um yeah just just a 10 out of 10 I really really can't recommend it enough all of the places we went Portugal Ibiza Barcelona Rome all 10 out of 10 I, I can't say anything bad about any of them so I highly recommend it it was it was really really awesome um, And I was this is something that I was thinking about uh, while I was there and Also after I was honestly just thinking again I was thinking about my life and I was like wow I've done a lot in the last year like just from moving across the country to starting a new business to running my first triathlon and then signing up for my second triathlon and then now now prepping Wow, I almost choked there um and then now prepping for a marathon and Just traveling and like going on these incredible hikes and just trying to do as much as I could like just squeezing the most out of life And that is I do try to live my life that way I do try to like always have something kind of In the pipe like in the pipeline where in the pipe in the pipeline where it's like i'm excited for this or i'm looking forward to this or i'm planning this or whatever and i've been thinking about this like i truly think that you should you should live your life in a way where you are doing as much as you can like just do it all try everything try it all go everywhere do as much as you possibly can experience as many things as you can don't waste opportunities to make memories and have new experiences I honestly think you should be afraid of getting to the end of your life and not having done the things that you want to do I think that should be the thing that you are most fearful of because like it's it's so it's the most cliche thing But you you're only here once and you only have so much time. I feel like we I feel like it's In one sense, you have a lot of time, and in another sense, it's going to fly by, and you're going to be like, I wish I did that, I wish I did this, and all of a sudden, you're going to have kids, you're going to have a house, you're going to have a business, and traveling isn't going to be as easy, or you're not going to be able to go out for 12 hours with your friends doing an incredible hike, or going camping, or going on a multi-day hike, and camping overnight, whatever, like, you... At some point, you're not going to have the freedom to do all of these things. And then even further down the road, you're not going to have the body to do these things at some point. And obviously, you can stay fit deep into your life. But at some point, you're going to be way less mobile than you are now. And you're going to be like, wow, I wish I did more with the body that I had. And I think about that a lot with marathon prep. For me, it's like, well like you just did two triathlons and you're also bodybuilding on top of this and your strength training. And now you're going to train for a marathon on top of all of this stuff. And it's like, yeah, if I'm going to redline my body, I'm 23. This is the perfect time to do it. Like I have the energy. I have the joint integrity. I have no injuries. Like I'm going to push that limit a little bit. Like obviously not to a point where it's like I'm risking serious injury that might Hurt me for the rest of my life But at the same time if you live your life in fear of that injury, then you're never going to do the things that you want to do So in my eyes, it's like yeah This is the perfect time to do some crazy physical shit or go on a two-week trip to Europe and party and like have a good time Like this is I have the time I have the resources. I have the body that's capable of that take advantage of it now because All of a sudden 10 years will fly by and you look back and you're like fuck I really wish I did that like you know what I mean and I don't say that in the sense where I want you to like give up on your goals career wise and think productivity and all of that and just go party and have fun because that's that's a bad route to go down as well you want to set yourself up for a future but at the same time like Squeeze the most out of life, especially while you're young, especially while you're doing this Like I hope to be doing this stuff for the rest of my life But I don't want to get to the I don't want to get to old age and then find out if I did it for the rest of my Like I don't know how to I don't know how to say that like I don't want to find out later that I wasn't able to do it Like I don't want to get to 50 years old and be like, oh man, like I missed the boat on that I should have done this I should have done that I should have moved across the country if you're thinking about doing that stuff Just pull the trigger like do it Move, meet new people, fall in love, like go on a Europe trip, go to a country that nobody goes to Just buy a one-way ticket to a new place, do it all, do everything Like just squeeze as much as you can out of life because it's a finite resource, you only have so much time So yeah, I'm pretty passionate about that Like it's, I really think it's important Like take those risks, do things that scare you, do things that challenge you Be a beginner at something, like just do it all please just do it all. And uh, that was something that was very apparent to me while I was in Europe and honestly just my life in BC. I was like, this is perfect. I was like, I am I, I, I'm, I'm very fulfilled by my work and my career and the pursuit of building something that is gonna leave a legacy in that realm. Um, and also the pursuit of becoming the best version of myself but also enjoying the ride as much as possible and trying to see incredible things and do incredible things and meet incredible people. And like, yeah, man, just like it's so sounds so hippie, but life is beautiful, beautiful. There's so much to be grateful for that you are alive on this planet and you have the opportunity to do these things. So take advantage of it. Like, please, please do it. And um, yeah, that was a bit of a tangent, but it was... uh is it I think it's important. I think it's important. I really really think it's important So make the most out of life if you're questioning a decision, then just jump in two feet and do it. All right, next question What's the difference between strength? What was the last question? I don't even know. Oh, I was just what was my favorite part about Europe? Okay um, that was, I told you I'm gonna go down some tangents um, What's the difference between strength training and training to build muscle? So this is a good question So at a very surface level, um, and this is going to be a simplified version of it, but strength training is very neurally driven. So if you're talking about maximal strength, you're really talking about the nervous system's ability to send signals and recruit muscle fibers and recruit them forcefully, um, which is also a part of building muscle they're very synergistic i want to make that clear but there are differences Um, and you're talking about like maximizing hypertrophy and maximizing like single effort strength is what i'm assuming here Um, when you're talking about building muscle you're talking about causing as much stress and damage to a individual muscle so uh, you're talking about isolating that muscle and basically just putting it through hell so that it has a reason to grow basically you're just trying to provide stress and stimulus to that muscle so that then when you eat and sleep and recover you repair that tissue and it grows bigger when you're talking about strength training you're talking about not only fatiguing the muscles because that is going to benefit your strength but you're also talking about fatiguing the nervous system so that that nervous system gets more efficient for those particular movements and therefore you're able to express more force But they certainly go hand-in-hand like each one is going to complement the other one so well and by strength training You're going to build muscle and by training to build muscle You're going to gain strength at some point when you become more of an intermediate to advanced lifter those um those effects from pure hypertrophy training probably, um, aren't going to have as much of an impact on your strength training, but even elite level powerlifters are still running full blown hypertrophy blocks because it's very beneficial for them and vice versa. Bodybuilders are running strength blocks because if you get stronger, then you can provide more progressive overload to a muscle. Therefore you can provide more of that stress that we were talking about. Therefore it has more of a reason to grow. Um, so I hope that kind of makes sense. It's a bit of a simplified version, but by all, but they definitely go synergistically. So do both. Like a power building model is a great model for pretty much everybody. If your goal is to build muscle, I definitely recommend spending a couple blocks just focusing on getting stronger. That doesn't mean necessarily getting stronger in a squat bench and deadlift. It can be getting stronger in lifts that are going to prioritize your weak areas within a bodybuilding realm. Um, and then for power lifters, again, building muscle in areas that might be hindering you in the squat bench and deadlift and isolating those muscle groups that will complement those lifts and address some weaknesses. That's going to be very, very, beneficial for you as well. So, um, again, high level bodybuilders do strength work, high level power lifters do bodybuilding work. They definitely go hand in hand, but that is kind of like the main difference is that strength training is more neurally driven and bodybuilding or building muscle is more focused on, um, the actual stress and accumulation of stress for an individual muscle. But your nervous system obviously plays a role in that because you can't contract those muscles without your nervous system. So a more efficient nervous system is going to help you build muscle. Um, Again, it's like you can keep going down this rabbit hole of like the differences, but yeah, those are kind of the main differences. But again, they go hand in hand. I highly recommend doing both. Um, What was I gonna say? Oh, this is actually a good question. What is your opinion on optimal training being. What does this say? Oh, no, I'm reading the wrong question. Wait, what? I think I copied and pasted these. Oh, I copied and pasted two separate notes. What is your opinion on the optimal training kind of revolution with JPG coaching and Ryan? Something. Oh, I think I know who he's talking about the guy that wears sunglasses on TikTok. Yeah, Yeah yeah. So, um, so basically there's just been this push for like optimal hypertrophy exercises, which is fantastic I want to say that right away. It's so so good um, basically just understanding anatomy and then choosing exercises that are gonna be friendly with your biomechanics and then you're going to get the most out of that muscle and again, you're gonna be able to provide the most stress to that muscle. Um, so you've seen things and also, um, coach Casim with N1 education. He's fantastic. Highly, highly recommend checking out his stuff. Um, basically just taking anatomy and biomechanics and then being like, okay, well how do we actually get the most out of this muscle? And basically just some of the conventional exercises these individuals have outlined where it's like, okay, maybe this actually isn't the most optimal way to take this muscle through the full range of motion or targeting, um, uh, Shorten range, lengthen range, and mid range for each individual muscle group. So, you're basically just kind of getting more detailed with the exercise selection and what you're focusing on for hypertrophy, which is absolutely fantastic. Like, I love to nerd out about that stuff. Like, going deep into the science is super, super important. So, yeah, I fully support it. I love what these guys do. I've taken a lot of it and applied it to my own training. And, like, some of the pumps and just progress that you get is absolutely incredible. And yeah, I really, really love it. It's definitely advanced me as a coach and as a lifter, seeing some of this stuff. Um, What I will say about that, especially if you're a beginner, um, especially if you're a beginner lifter, Don't stress about like the most optimal exercise too too much. I think I think it's important And if you want to do that, that's great But honestly, you're just gonna sniff a gym and you're gonna make gains Um, So just go in and focus on consistency like just focus on building those blocks choosing good exercises and But just not over obsessing about that really your goal at that point is just to be consistent in the gym and just take your body through full ranges of motion and yeah it's there's you could follow a very basic program and have great results i think that stuff definitely applies more to like intermediate advanced lifters not to say a beginner couldn't get a ton of value from that of course but um yeah i think i think I think it's just that, like, it can you can go too far with it unnecessarily, where you get really obsessed with like, oh, I need the most optimal angle and bench setup and whatever. And it's like, well, no, you really just need to progressively overload this for months and years, and you're gonna build a bigger back or chest or whatever. There was actually this quote from um, from IFS, and it was uh, the wheel doesn't need to be reinvented. You just need to keep yourself on the road long enough to accumulate mileage yeah i think that i think that was the quote yeah the wheel doesn't need to be reinvented you just need to keep yourself on the road long enough to accumulate more mileage yeah that was exactly what it is so and now that, that quote really really stuck with me you um you, you, you don't have to do anything groundbreaking you just have to set the intention of going there and the mechanisms to success will follow it's just about it's literally just about time and consistency and the, again there's fantastic physiques and powerlifters and whatever that have Accomplish incredible things without the most detailed science. So don't get too bogged down in it again You're focused on progressive overload over years and years and years Okay What are we going to next? Why do you say motivation is fleeting? Well, mo- because it is motivation is very very fleeting and um, Basically, that just means that motivation doesn't stick around. It's not—it's uh, not a buddy that's going to be there to back you up a hundred percent of the time. It's like that friend that like is like, "Yeah, I got your back, man." And then when you're like outside of a bar about to get in a fight, they're nowhere to be seen. That's like kind of what motivation is. It's like—it's there when it's—it's uh, it's there when it's comfortable, and it's there very sparingly. So. The reason I say that is because people are like I'm just not motivated to the gym I'm not motivated to go to the gym and they look at people like personal trainers or people that Have achieved some success within their own personal fitness and think wow that person must just be so motivated Like where do they get all this motivation from? Um, or like extremely disciplined and discipline Jocko has a quote discipline eats motivation for breakfast and that's 100% true Um, but a lot of what successful people have isn't even, like, unwavering discipline. It's, It's habits and systems that are built into their life that allow them to continue on the path of progress. So for fitness for example like i having habits of making sure you have protein with every meal moving a lot throughout the day going for a walk as part of your morning routine um, waking up and being exposed to sunlight early in the morning so that that will benefit your sleep later on that night um just having a gym routine just Make just every time I'm done work I just go to the gym or when I have a break in in clients in the middle of the day I go to the gym that is just part of your routine and they have built that routine over years and years and years So now because it's part of the routine, it's just kind of part of their identity. It's part of their lifestyle Um, they don't have to rely on motivation and discipline because it's just there and yeah, maybe on the days that they're really unmotivated um A successful individual might not do all of the things that they wanted to do or that they should do productivity wise But you can guarantee that they did they did the bare minimum that is still helping them towards their goals because it's just built in Because they read in the morning they meditate in the morning They go for a walk, whatever all these things that are going to benefit them. It's just part of their habits and routine Um, Now discipline is super super important, of course, and having discipline Essentially is just that you do the things that you don't want to do even when you don't you do the things you need to do, even when you don't want to do them. Um, and that is a very important skill to have, and it takes time. And here's a good, actually, this <laughs> here's a good story about motivation from me and my life. I never thought I'd tell this story, but um, it's actually, I just thought of it, and I think it applies to this situation. So... I guess it would be just over two years ago I was charged with stunt driving. So if you don't know what stunt driving is, in Canada it's basically going 50 kilometers or more over the speed limit. In my case I was going hundred kilometers over the speed limit and uh, yeah I was just driving really fast at night having fun in my car whatever and I, I like to drive fast and as soon as she pulled me over I took the keys out of the ignition and I handed her the keys. I knew what was happening. So I got my car impounded and it's a a charge. Like, so it's not something, you don't get a ticket for that. They take your car and then you have to go to court. So this was a big deal for me. I had never had a ticket, no criminal charges, anything like that. And then all of a sudden I was, I had a a massive uh, speeding charge against me. So I... uh, So whatever so the long story short, I won't get into the details of that Um, Stunt driving is super fucking expensive. (laughs) It is a very expensive mistake So if you're thinking about doing it or you speed a lot like that and you're obviously just redlining your car I would recommend slow down because it cost me a lot of money thousands and thousands of dollars um, Just for the actual charges themselves as well as the lawyer fees impoundment fees all of that stuff so It's pretty brutal, I don't recommend it. What that taught me about motivation though is that the most powerful motivation you'll ever have is fear and fear of an outcome. I was, I all of a sudden had thousands and thousands of dollars to pay for these uh, charges and I was so fearful that I was gonna have to take out a loan and I'd be in debt for months and months and months and I was like, am I ever gonna get my car back and all of these things so then all of a sudden I started grinding my ass off because I was like, I need to make money and I need to make money fast and I need to Resolve this and I need to get my car out of impoundment and all of these things. I need to hire a lawyer. I need money for that and uh, Yeah, and like money was about to be very tight if I didn't start working hard um, and Then as a result of that stressful situation and that fear driving me I ended up I, This was also kind of during like um I won't say that actually. So I ended up having a very successful couple of months as a personal trainer because all of a sudden I was like, I am going to grind my ass off. I'm going to get as many clients as I can in here and I'm going to train them and I'm going to charge a little bit more and I'm going to do more online stuff on the side. And I was solely, I was like, how can I make as much money as possible? And then all of a sudden I started making more money because I had this fear driving me. I had this pressure on me. I was like, Oh my God, like, I, need, I, I needed it. It was, it was like about survival at that point. That's how it felt at least. So that's what stunt driving taught me about motivation. It was a very powerful experience for me because after that I was like, oh wow, I now know the route to success. If I want to make more money as a personal trainer, I just did it. But that the motivation from the fear of that is what laid out those, uh, that blueprint for me for success. It showed me, okay, when the pressure's on, you can make a lot of money. But then the the tricky part is how do I create that motivation all the time? I can't just go and get charged all the time. So that was kind of like the biggest change for me was that like I had that experience and then I was like, Oh, okay. I just need to recognize like, how do I put pressure on myself so that I can like maintain a little bit of motivation or how can I at least use that spark from fear or for motivation to kickstart me into um, this habit and routine of trying to make more money, build a business, uh, run more, whatever. Like it's, and I think a lot of, I, th- I honestly think a lot of our lives decisions are based out of fear. This has actually been something I've been thinking about a ton lately. The idea that all of our decisions are based out of fear And that might sound like a negative thing, but I think it's actually just survival because biologically, our sole goal is just to survive. So we're fearful of dying. Um, And that shows up in our everyday life now as we're just fearful of things that might hurt our um, value system or our principles or our quality of life or anything like that. Like, obviously, fear of dying is still there, but it's much less likely. We don't have threats to our survival on a daily basis, but we do have threats to our ego. And I think. Ego is the main driver of fear because whatever you did yesterday is the reason you're alive today And your ego wants to continue to keep you alive. So you don't want to change things Um, So the fear of something is a lot of times why we make a decision and this doesn't necessarily have to be good or bad It is just the idea that if so if I'm so if I'm fearful of being a terrible father Then I that can drive me to be the best father possible you know what I mean like or or if i have a fear of not having um if I actually, this is perfect. This tie, this is a callback to earlier in the podcast. If I have a fear of living my life in a way where I get to the end and I'm unhappy and I have regrets and I didn't do the things that I wanted to do because I was scared or nervous or whatever, um, if I have a fear of that, that future self, then that can either drive me two directions. That can drive me to do as many things as I can and live the life that I want to live, which is a positive outcome. But that can also, I can also then let the fear of failure or fear of judgment or fear of vulnerability or fear of being a beginner at something stop me from doing those things that I want that I will look back on one day and regret not doing. Um, so yeah, I, I I really think that I don't know, maybe, maybe shoot me a message on Instagram, like if you're hearing this, and you uh, have different thoughts, but I, I truly think that that fear drives a lot of our decisions and fear doesn't have to have the negative connotation that it does. Um, Because I think, I think being fearful of something is healthy. Like you, you like, You should fear not being the best version of yourself. You should fear being a bad parent You should fear getting to old age and being riddled with disease because you didn't take care of your body You should fear not living up to the potential that you could have in your life. Like I think that's healthy I think that's a good thing You should be scared of that because that is the most powerful driver to becoming the best version of yourself I don't think it should be something where fear is ruling your life and you're making all these decisions based out of, um, based out of fear of, um, Of inadequacy or anything like that because then I can feel because then it can end up being an endless pursuit um, And you'll actually never be satisfied But recognize that it's a tool and it's like there are things that you should be fearful of and I think it's Being fearful of those is a good thing And that's just gonna drive you to be a good young man or woman or parent or entrepreneur like being fearful is good And that's the most powerful motivator in the world so that was a very long drawn-out way of answering why do I say motivation is fleeting, but it's funny, that was literally what came to my mind. Uh, that was a very powerful, motivating experience in my life, getting, uh, speeding, speeding fast and getting caught doing it. So, um, so yeah, it's, um, this is another thing I've been thinking about. I won't go to the next question because this is another thing I did want to talk about. Um, kind of piggybacking off that stuff, but I think I used to say that, I used to say that people need to work a job they're passionate about because that was a position that I was in I'm really passionate about the fitness industry and being a personal trainer is something that gives me a lot of fulfillment and I said that because I wanted people to experience the same things that I've experienced and have The life that I have where I actually enjoy going to work like you work most of your life You should enjoy it. And it should be something that fulfills you But I've realized recently because somebody was uh, taught. I can't remember who one of the speakers was talking about passion and I started to realize the hole, the holes in what I was saying because, like, not everybody can work a job they're passionate about. Like, it's just not realistic. Like, we need people to do things that maybe they don't love. And I'm incredibly grateful that I'm in a position to work a job that I do love and I am passionate about it. Instead of saying that, I'm changing what I say about passion to... Work a job that you want to get better at and dedicate six months to a year to becoming the best at that and you will probably become passionate about your career as a result of just getting better at it and pursuing the process of success within that industry or within that job. so the job you do doesn't necessarily have to be something where you're like, oh, this is I love hiking. So I'm going to be a hike tour guide or something like that. Like it doesn't necessarily have to, by all means do that. But like it doesn't have to be something that you're currently passionate about. It can be whatever is available or pays well or you went to university four and four years later. You're like, OK, well, I guess I'm going into this career. Before you ditch it, lean because you're not passionate about it. Lean into becoming the best at it, and try to be a year from now. Try to be ten times the employee that you were before. Or try to or try to start a business within that realm, and just dedicate six months or a year to it. And I guarantee it might you might not feel passionate about it when it starts, but becoming great at something is a quick way to feel passionate. Like. People naturally want to strive for success and strive to be the best versions of themselves. We're problem solvers and we want to overcome roadblocks. So dedicate six months to a year to something and you will probably end up in a position where you're passionate about what you do because you're the best at it. And that becomes part of your identity and you're like, you know, I'm this, I'm great at this and I'm going to continue to be better. And you'll probably be passionate, maybe not about the individual aspects of that career, but you're damn passionate about just becoming better and accomplishing things and gaining more success within that realm or helping other people do that. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I've changed my view on passion and like, especially when it relates to, the, to your career. Um, you don't necessarily have to start with a job you're passionate about, but you oftentimes people find careers are passionate about as a result of just getting really good at them. Um, what's next? What other questions do we have? Oh, this one. I didn't know if I wanted to answer this one. So, so thoughts on people saying if you work out for aesthetics, you're fat phobic. Um, yeah, (laughs) it's, uh, So the basically the idea is that if you work out to lose weight and to look good and to drop body fat percentage Then that inherently makes you fat phobic and I literally couldn't disagree more. I think that's bullshit I think that is taking an idea that might have a I think that's taking an idea uh, With good intentions and taking it way too far and trying to make people feel bad for something that they certainly shouldn't feel bad for if you were pursuing Fitness to lower your body fat percentage, then that is 100% okay if you want to look better and again The looking better is subjective. So just because somebody doesn't want to look Like an overweight person doesn't mean that they hate Overweight people or that they have a phobia towards them or something like that It's just what they, they don't want that they don't want that that's not what they value and that's also unhealthy, So they are actively pursuing a lower body fat percentage to improve their health or to just feel more confident about themselves Don't make people feel bad for that. That is stupid. That is hurting people that is doing the opposite you are now projecting towards other people that their values are wrong and incorrect and that somehow they are um, Mean and fat phobic and like acting in bad faith No, they just want to change their body and you shouldn't you shouldn't say You you can't I, you just you can't put that on somebody. That's that's stupid. I really think it's stupid and I uh, I, I see those videos and I'm just like oh, you just You're missing the boat like that. That is not it. You're not doing anything for a Community of people who are overweight and feeling insecure about it. You're not doing them any good by making those videos and you're just making people feel bad for no reason but I honestly think most people that see those videos and are pursuing a more aesthetic goal don't put too much weight into it they know it's silly, but um, Yeah, you see a lot of that like you you, you see a lot of that with political issues like if you don't say anything you're the problem or if you Have the opposing view then you're just as bad as like or if you <clears throat> not if you don't have the opposing view if you have no view on a topic, you're just as bad as the opposing view. Like, I, 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 that's stupid. There's no logic to that. It just doesn't make sense. So, yeah, that's my opinions on that. I, if you want to lose weight, And you want to have a six pack or you want to get lean or whatever. There's nothing wrong with that. Don't let people tell you that that is inherently bad or fat phobic or anything like that. Pursue what you want to pursue. And then we can talk about like if it's healthy or if it's affecting your mindset or if it's affecting your relationship with food. We can talk about those things. But it doesn't make it wrong to pursue a leaner body type or a contest prep style. Type body type or to compete in bodybuilding or anything like that. Like if you want to get shredded get shredded Understand there's repercussions to that and it might affect other aspects of your life, but it doesn't make you a bad person There's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't mean that you're like vain and fat phobic and bad It's just that that's what you value There's nothing wrong with that the same way that like people who don't value looking that way and getting super shredded And want to spend their lives at a higher body fat percentage. That's okay, too like that that's their choice like And same with same with somebody who's wildly overweight like that's still their choice like there's Definitely health consequences for that and you need to be aware of those the same way The person is aware of being stage lean for a bodybuilding show an obese person needs to know the consequences of that But at the end of the day, it's their choice so You can't judge somebody and say that their values are wrong or that there's something wrong with them as an individual because they pursue those things That's just not fair um Yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on that. I think I'm going to actually wrap it up there because that is a Pretty good place. Actually one more thing Um, if you're listening to this and if you uh, Got value out of this, please share it on whatever platform subscribe to uh, The podcast on whatever platform you're listening to it on. I really really appreciate it Um, I also want you to shoot me a message uh, on Instagram with any questions that you might have that you want me to discuss on the podcast i'm going to do this every episode just um, ask for questions i'm going to have some more guests on hopefully scheduling is a bit of a nightmare for me my life is kind of crazy but i do want to have more guests on and have more interesting people and continue to grow this podcast so again i really really appreciate you guys listening It means a lot to me and yeah, I'm hoping this is going to be a more consistent thing and we get to talk frequently. All right, guys, I appreciate you. Have a good one.